and also the people at the workplace. And so people are in a state of emotional chaos because of, of either their spouse, their children, or the people at the workplace. Amazing. It's staggering. And the psychologist, and these are not people claim to be Christians or pastors or reverends or from church or anything, but they're all saying the same thing. It's a breakdown in the relationship. And the way to bring order to your emotional life is by loving one another, by caring for each other. They go on to say this, that um, where there is emotional support, where there's emotional order, where there's emotional health, um, that uh, it has an effect on your cardiovascular system, your hormonal and immune system, and also can lower your blood pressure and your cholesterol and ultimately help you live longer. So listen, my friends, uh, when I tell you to love people, even if they're difficult people to love, love them for your own sake, <laughs> for your own good. It'll make you feel better. It'll make you live longer. You'll be healthier because of it. And so if somebody in your life right now is driving you crazy, love them, and it'll make you feel so good. Uh, they'll be confused and think you're up to something, but <laughs> go ahead and love them anyway. It'll make you feel better. You know what they say? They say that when you're living in a state of emotional chaos, when your relationships are not right, when you're holding bitterness and anger in your heart and you refuse to love people or you refuse to love people who you think uh, don't deserve your love, guess what happens, my friends? You, um, you, uh, you, you get sick, plain and simple. In fact, they, they're saying this. This is what the doctors say. They say that... Um, a breakdown in your emotional relationships can have the same effect on your health as high blood pressure, as drinking, obesity, and a lack of exercise. Imagine that. And so those people walk around saying, you know, I'm in good shape, I'm buff, I exercise, I, my heart rate's good, whatever. If your relationships are bad, my friend, you're not healthy. You're in bad shape. And so we recognize today that emotional health comes through good relationships, right relationships, and if there's people in your life right now where you've got, you're holding something against them, we said last week that the way to bring emotional health to your life is by giving, giving what? Giving whatever you got, just giving, sharing, giving hugs, giving a handshake, giving a word of encouragement, saying, I, I love you, whatever. And the other thing is to forgive. If there's people in your life that you need to forgive, you need to do that, and that will bring emotional health. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't stop there. People are... People say, you know what, I'm trying to do all that, but still in my heart, I still feel, um, I still feel an emptiness. I still feel like I don't have a lot, I, I lack a sense of purpose. I, I don't have that deep, deep rooted peace or, or joy in my heart. I'm, I'm fearful. My friends, these are symptoms. They're symptoms of spiritual sickness. We talked about emotional sickness last week. That comes from being stingy and, and being unforgiving. Well, I want to talk to you now about spiritual health and what causes spiritual sickness. People are constantly looking for answers. They turn to all kinds of, of religions trying to find the answer to that sense of emptiness in their heart. Because people want, they, they want, they want to feel better. And they know instinctively that they don't have in themselves what it takes to make them feel better, so they're looking without. And they'll go to all kinds of different religions. I'm not going to single out any particular religion out today. I'm just kind of put them up there, and you can sort of recognize what religions were, are up here. But the thing that you will find, my friends, that's unique about Christianity, um, and you'll see it in just a moment, is that it is, it is different in the sense that 
that the solution to all your problems is love. <laughs> you say, Pastor, that sounds very simplistic. Well, folks, it is. It's, it's the answer. Loving people and loving God. Now, the Beatles, some of you will remember. How many remember when the Beatles were hot on the scene? You're showing your age now. Uh, I, I don't remember it at all. <laughs> what do you mean, yeah, right? <laughs> okay, I remember a little bit. <laughs> but in 1967, uh, the Beatles took a famous trip. And with, the, with those Beatles uh, went along Mick Jagger and... Uh, Brian Jones and a few other famous rock stars. And what they did is they went to the, to the, to the East to try to find answers from the Maharashi Yogi. And they went there to learn transcendental meditation. They went to try to find solutions and answers to this sense of a lack of peace in their hearts. You'd say the, the Beatles had it all, man. They, they're famous. They had money. They could go wherever they want, do whatever they want. I mean, I just read that, uh, that, uh, uh, what's the, what's the, What's the guy that just got a divorce from his wife, Heather? Paul, you all know this stuff. It's amazing. Paul McCartney. You're, you're following this stuff. I don't know. The, the, answer, the, the, the secret's out now here. So here's Paul McCartney. He's worth $1.6 billion. And uh, apparently that's not enough to fill that hole in your heart. <laughs> and I know some of you are saying this morning, well, try me. I'd love to try it. Try to see if that works. Listen to me. These things don't fill a hole in your heart. They don't take away the lack of peace or the lack of joy. You need something more. And so there they are off to the, off to the east to learn from the Maharashi. And um, the Maharashi was teaching us, listen to this, a spiritual regeneration movement. And uh, guess what they discovered? They discovered that the guy was a fraud. He's telling all his followers, don't eat meat, but they caught him eating meat. Now, for us, we don't care because we all eat hamburgers. There's no problem. Uh, I'm a meatitarian. <laughs> Um, but they caught the guy eating meat, so they were fried. And then they caught the guy, he's, he's fooling around with some of his female disciples, and it really turned him off. So they went home, just disillusioned, but not given up. And so they left behind the yogi and found the swami in the Hindu, in the Hindu religion. And it was actually George Harrison that really took this to two new heights. He wrote that book, um, Harry Krishna. Anybody remember that song? Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, uh, hallelujah. And the song goes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And the next thing you know, almost imperceptibly, it, it changes to Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna. And he said that he deliberately did that because he wanted to introduce Christians to a new way of worship and to a new religion. And one, in his opinion, that worked better. Well, if you ever followed the life of the, the, the Beatles, which is, believe that for another sermon, you see that they're not a happy people, not a happy bunch. What were they doing? They're looking for answers, friends. They're looking for some way to satisfy that emptiness in their heart. Looking for some way to get peace that all the fame and all the money and all the fortune in the world couldn't give them. And so, actually, what happened is that they, they actually led a movement. It was a whole generation of, of young people that started looking for answers. And Surprisingly, many people leaving Christianity to travel to the Middle East to find answers in the Middle East. And so what we, did, what we have is a whole glut of new books like this one. Spirituality for Dummies. 
And here's the guru on top of the mountaintop. Now I get it. Now I know how to find the answers to my life. Listen to listen to the this book. This is the description of this book. Okay, here it goes. Ready? I'm, I'm not making this up. I didn't doctor this up. This is exactly how it came out of the preface. And there were a lot more paragraphs like this, but I just one will, will help you understand what we're looking at, what we're dealing with. Spirituality for dummies guides readers to the awareness of their natural and inherent identity with spirit and the all-pervasiveness of divine spirit in everything. It does this with a realistic and common-sense approach that is scientific in nature without asking readers to subscribe to fluffy or black-and-white ideas. Does anybody know what that meant? I have no idea what that meant. And there's many more paragraphs to follow. Folks, listen to me. People are looking for answers. They're looking for answers to the sickness in the soul, the emptiness in their soul. And you may have come here today and you say, you know, Pastor, I've been a Christian for years, but I've been feeling that way myself today, uh, lately. I've been feeling kind of empty. I don't have that joy that, I'm, that you keep talking about. I don't have that peace in my heart. In fact, lately I haven't felt like getting out of bed in the morning. Anybody like that? How many know snow is coming soon? <laughs> if you're feeling like that now, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> how, how, how are we going to cope with this life? How are we going to cope with, these, with this lack of, of joy, this lack of happiness? How, what do we do? What do we do? Where do we turn? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. We turn to Dr. Jesus. Look at what Jesus says here. Jesus said to them, Let's read it together. Jesus said to them, hello, are you there? <laughs> I thought I just looked down for a moment. You all took off on me. I'm going to try this again. Is ready? Okay. It's, it's really easy. It's not, it's not difficult. There's no big words. Uh, ready? Here we go. Ready? Can you do this? Oh, stop it. You got a little bit confused here. Don't read the reference. You need to do that. Okay, ready? Let's read the next thing that Jesus says. Ready? One, two, three, go. Okay, so here's the thing. Jesus points out that we got a problem. We're sick. Okay, he wasn't being rude or nasty. He wasn't being, uh, wasn't being hard to get along with. He wasn't trying to insult anybody. He was just pointing out the facts. And the good news is then, is then he says this. He says, I've come along and I'm the doctor. I'm going to help you get better. Now, you know, that just went right over your head, didn't it? Let me tell you that again and see, see, see if you get it this time. Jesus points out the fact that we're all sick, but he's come along to make us better. Oh, you didn't get that. I better say it again. Jesus points out, it's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. And then Jesus says, God sent me to, to heal the sick. God sent me to heal you. This morning, I want you to know, that if you're here and you like are feeling like low, low, down, 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 doo-be-doo-doo, down, down, you never could get more down than you are feeling right now. I want you to know, I got some really good news for you today. Jesus can heal your broken heart. Jesus can lift you up and bring you into the wholeness and the health and the joy that you've been missing out on. Dr. Jesus is in the house. Dr. Jesus is here today and he wants to to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you a new joy. The question is this, will you open your heart up to him? What's 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 Dr. Jesus prescription? I would just went I went to the doctor this past week, folks. Go ahead. Yeah. 
The doctor said, boy, I haven't seen you for a while. <laughs> I said, I had no choice. I had to come because I told my congregation I was coming. <laughs> Uh, so he was quite impressed with that. Um, went to the doctor, and um, he told me certain things that I needed to do to be healthier. Now, here's, here's the thing. How stupid would it be for me to go to the doctor, find out what my problem is, and then go away and not do what he says? It would be pretty stupid, isn't it? But, you know, we do this all the time. We go to Dr. Jesus. He gives us instructions. He gives us prescriptions. And we don't pay any attention to him. Well, listen to me. We have to listen to what Dr. Jesus says today. And this is what Dr. Jesus says. Ready? Let's read it together. Here's the prescription. Ready? So here it goes. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And here it is. Ready? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So here it is, folks. I'm going to tell you in a nutshell. How you can get your joy back. How you can get your peace back. How you can get your sense of purpose back. You've got to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But look at it says there. Three times Jesus says, with all. You see that? He could have just said, look, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But he didn't say that. He says, with all your heart. With all your soul. With all your mind. What is he doing here? He's trying to make a point. There's no half measures with God. It's all or nothing. You're going to make up your mind to do what Jesus says or not. How many know what happens if you go to the doctor and he prescribes um, uh, antibiotics for you only take half the, half the bottle? How many know what happens? Nothing. It makes you worse, doesn't it? Now, listen to me. This is what happens. You have to go all the way with God. Because if you only go part way, you know what happens? Then you're, just, you're suffering from a condition that I call being religious. You just, you're just religious. And I'm going to tell you one thing. Being religious will never make you happy. If anything, it'll probably make you miserable and probably make you feisty and make you, make you fight and probably make you want to start a war somewhere. I, it's true, isn't it? The world out there says, you know, what's the cause of war in the world today? It's, say it, religion. That's not what they're saying. Folks, I'm not talking about religion here now. I'm talking about a relationship with Almighty God that will make you healthy. So here, my friends, is what we got to do. We got to do, we got to go the whole way with God. We can't go part way. We can't sort of dabble in it. Some people sort of dabble in it. It's just like the Beatles kind of dabbling in the, in the master. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. But Jesus says you got to go the whole way. In fact, if you read the New Testament, it's, it's Jesus talking about all the ways that you serve God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Here's the thing. We become spiritually healthy when we give our all to God. By the way, I want you to know something today. (laughs) God doesn't really need anything that you've got. There's there's nothing that you can give to God and God's going to say, Oh, gee, it's just what I needed. (laughs) God's not not in heaven saying, Man, I sure wish he'd give me his car. (laughs) Some of you would say, God, take it. (laughs) You can have my car. (laughs) There's nothing you you can give God except yourself. And that's what God's asking for. And when you give him yourself, then, wow, joy fills your heart. Peace fills your heart. So let's, talk, let's take a look at that this morning. Love God with all your heart. Look what it says in Luke 14, 26. Jesus makes an incredibly shocking statement here. And some people have read the Bible and thought, what on earth is that about? But let's read it together. It's pretty shocking. If anyone, 
comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, before anybody goes away from here saying, yes, I can't stand my mother and my brother, now I've got an excuse not to, not to love them. Uh, that's, this is not permission to do that. Jesus is not telling anybody to hate anybody. That's not what he's saying. You know what he's saying? He's saying this. He's saying your love for God should be so great, so powerful, so mighty, so fantastic, so incredible that your love for your family looks like hate in comparison. Jesus is not telling you to hate anybody. What he's telling you to do is to love God more than anything, more than anybody, to put God first, number one in your life. And so here's the question this morning. Is God number one in your life? I'm going to tell you the reason why you're suffering, maybe you're going through a hard time right now, why you're struggling spiritually, why, why you're, you're down and you're not up, is probably, my friends, because you're not loving God with all your heart. Because God's not number one in your life. Something else has taken number one in your life. How many know it's really easy to, to put God number two, number three, number five, number six place? It's so easy, isn't it? Someone, went, someone at, at the class 201 on, on yesterday morning was talking about how people, people are constantly uh, competing for her time. And I said, you know what you need to do? You just need to tell people, I've got, I have a, an appointment with the king of the universe, I can't miss. You have to tell them you're going to do your devotions. <laughs> what you've got to do is this time. You've got an appointment. And don't miss it. Put God first. God's got to be number one in your life. And for some of us, God's not number one right now. And we wonder why we've lost our joy, why we've lost our happiness. My, my parents, um, I did not grow up in a Christian home. I did not grow up in a, in a religious home. Um, I had no idea what my parents spiritual or religious background was, in fact. All I knew is that my mother thought it was important for, uh, for us to get to Sunday school once in a while. And I always, always think that's cool how parents you know, think it's, it's important for the kids to get to Sunday school. I, I wish they would recognize that what's good for the kids is probably good for them too. Uh, but they sent us to Sunday school, and I loved it. I, I felt it was something very special, something very real there. And then they started sending me to Boys Brigade as soon as I turned eight. It was there at the Boys Brigade that it's like Boy Scouts. It was there that I gave my heart to Jesus. And I knew something had happened in my heart. I knew that I had come face to face with Almighty God. I knew that when I confessed my sins and asked God to forgive me my sins, that God had washed me clean. You said, what on earth could you do by age eight that would make you realize you needed your sins washed away? Well, I was a bank robber. <laughs> no. Listen, my friends, age eight, you know, you're, you know you're doing things you should not have do. You're saying things you should not have say. You're lying. You're cheating. You're, you're just like the big people, equally in need of God. Well, you know, I, just, I felt God just wash away all my sin. And I, I, I remember distinctly age eight, which was just a few years ago. I remember very clearly the feeling, the sense of being clean. I remember the joy flooding my heart. I remember the sense of peace. I, I realized that if I should die, I was going to go right to heaven. I would, no problem. I was happy, happy, happy. I got in the car and I said, Mom, you'll never believe what happened to me tonight. She said, what happened to you tonight? I said, I became a Christian. Silence. Mom, I became a Christian tonight. She's looking in the rearview mirror, turning around looking at me. 
Just wait till we get home. You tell your father this. <laughs> oh, what have I done wrong? I got home, told my dad. And I had no idea that my dad had been raised in a Christian home. I had no idea that because I'd given my heart to Jesus, that God was going to use that to turn his life around. And he gave his heart to Christ and started going to church. And I tell you, friends, I couldn't get enough of it. Now, listen to me. Nobody's forcing me or twisting my arm to go to Sunday school or go to Boys Brigade during the week or go to the morning service and then go to the evening service and then go to Bible study. I want it. I couldn't get enough of it. Why? Because God was number one in my life. I couldn't get enough of it. And then, and then I found out we could go to a, a Christian camp, a Bible camp. And uh, my sister went the first week and she got back and something very special had happened to her. She said, Alan, you're not going to believe this, but God met me in a most amazing way. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I said, that sounds cool. What is it? <laughs> she said, it was like the fire of God came through me. Now, remember, we're not, we're not from a religious family. We don't know any of this stuff. This is all genuine, real. Nobody suggested anything. It was just a genuine connection with God. Real, very real. I said, man, that is cool. I got to get some of that. So the next week, it was my turn to go to camp. And I don't remember what the camp speaker was talking about. But I felt, I felt just so happy to be in that chapel. And at the end of the service, I went forward to, to ask for prayer. And they said, uh, what are you here for? And my, I said, my sister told me I could get the Holy Spirit here. <laughs> and I said, they said, do you know what it is? I said, no, I don't, but I want it. Because I saw such joy and such happiness in my sister. And I wanted more. I was getting real greedy. I was happy before, but now I wanted my, what my sister had. She had even more joy than I did. And if she's going to be happy, then I want to be even happier. And so right then and there, the camp counselor said, why don't you just kneel down here and we'll pray together. And I knelt down and prayed. And she placed his hand on me. And man, it was like fire fell from heaven. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced I felt like fire was going through my body from head to toe. And it wasn't spooky. It wasn't scary. It wasn't freaky. It was so peaceful, so beautiful, so gentle. Nobody was rolling in the aisles or swinging from chandeliers or bouncing off the walls or barking like dogs or doing anything weird. It was just a beautiful sense of what could only be described as the presence of God falling on that young kid so many years ago that wanted more of God. My friends, some of you have experienced God in just that way, and you let it go. You used to be so excited, so on fire, it would consume you. You, you couldn't get enough of God. What happened? What happened? My friends, only you, only you can get back into a right relationship with God again. Only you you come to God and say, God, I want to have what I used to have. I want to, I want to be on fire once again. I want to have that joy back. I want to have that, that, that excitement about, about, about walking with you. I'll tell you, you guys, when, as soon as I came home from camp, 
We went to school the next week. And boy, the first kid that talked to me, his name was Rodney. I said, Rodney, you'll never believe what I got this summer. And he said, Alan, you'll never believe what I got this summer. I said, well, what did you get this summer? He says, I got a new dirt bike. I said, that's nothing. I got the Holy Spirit. And right there, right then, guys, I, I led him to Christ. He said, God could never love me. I said, yes, God could love you. He said, Alan, you don't know the kind of sin in my life. We're talking about kid in grade six now. You'll never know about the sin in my life. I said, I want you to know God loves you. And God forgave my sin. He can do the same for you. And he gave his heart to Jesus. And there was one kid that was on fire for God. No, there was two. This is my friends. This is not the exception. This is not, this is, this is not just reserved for a few. It's reserved for all who want to know God. It's for you. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. I don't ask you that. Are you loving God with all your heart? Some of you fit the description that Jesus gives of the, one of the churches in Revelation. And Jesus says this, because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Cold water is great to drink. Hot water is great for making tea. But what do you do with lukewarm water? You spit it out. It just, it ain't any good. My friends, I would plead with you. If you let the fire go out in your heart, you haven't, you haven't got the joy you used to have, come back to God. You say, Pastor, I've, I've goofed up. I've made too many mistakes. I've sinned. I've done too many. But listen, listen, listen. There's no sin too great that God's love can't cover it. There's no sin that God can't take away. He loves you today. He loves you so much. Guys, I can't, I, I, I just, I never could get enough of God. My parents said, Alan, what do you want for your birthday? I'm, I'm in grade nine. What do most kids want when they're grade nine? A new guitar, a, a dirt bike. <laughs> Dad, I want a Thompson chain reference Bible. My dad thought there was something wrong with me. <laughs> you want a what? Don't you want a radio? The kids want, your brothers, they want stereos. And, and back then it was eight tracks and, and records. Remember that? <laughs> I, want, I want a Bible. I want a Thompson, chain, a Thompson chain reference Bible. And I got that. And you know what? Then I'm going to all the Bible studies. And I went to the pastor. Anybody know Pastor Barber? That was the days when Calvary Temple had 2,500 people. And I went to Pastor Barber. He said, Pastor Barber, I demand that I have a Bible study for people my age. And he said, well, go start one. <laughs> and we started a Bible. I was going to every Bible study. I couldn't get enough. Do you remember those days when you first gave your heart to Jesus? And everybody looked at you sideways when you came to church. And said, oh, man, he's, he's a little bit over the edge. A little bit too wild for me. A little too... It, he, it'll, it'll pass. As soon as he's in church for a while, he'll lose the joy. And he won't be such a... People, God wants you to fall in love with him. To enjoy him. It's time. It's time to return to him. Come to that place. A full surrender. We have a vision night. You know, if you've never been to a vision night, it's an incredible, incredible experience. We come here, and it's, there's nothing weird happening. We have communion together. 
We'd spend time in prayer. We worship and sing and just enjoy the presence of God. And for those of us who maybe have been backslidden or haven't been where we're supposed to be, it's a time where we get back on track. I want to encourage you. If you need to get back on track, you'd be here tonight. I see my time's almost gone here, so I'm going to have to zip through my second two points. God says this. He says, Jesus says, love God with all your heart. Love him. Get, get that fire back. And then secondly, he says, love him with all your soul. What that means very simply, well, look at the verse. It'll tell you. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. If you're looking out for number one, folks, your joy is gone. Your happiness is gone. But if you're going to give your life, you lay your life down for God, look what happens. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, one of the reasons John Lennon was after this Eastern religion is because they made promises to him that he would get special powers. I'm not kidding. I'm not, kidding, not making this up. You can read about it in a book by Robert Rosen called Nowhere. It's on page 18. John believed that if he meditated long and hard on the way of the masters, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Krishna, Gandhi, if he, if he meditated on these, on these great teachers, that um, he'd merge with God. You know what that means, eh? Like become one with the Godhead, whatever that means. And he'd acquire, listen to this, he'd acquire psychic powers like clairvoyance and the ability to fly through the air. I'm not making this up. This is what he wanted. And it, it, in the book it says he wanted these powers as badly as he wanted anything. Listen, if you think that coming to Christ and being a Christian is all about getting whatever you want, and you completely miss the point. When you become a Christian, you come and lay down your life. And when you lay down your life, watch what happens. You come alive. You have a new joy, new excitement, new thrill about life. And then Jesus says, you've got to love God with all your mind. You know what that means very simply? You've got to know him. Jesus says, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. <laughs> There's only one way, my friends, that you're going to get to know God. And, and listen to me. The more you know him, the more you love him. The more you know him, the more he reveals himself to you. The more he reveals himself to you, the more you realize how great and awesome is your God. And then the more you realize that your life is in his hands... And you've got nothing to be afraid of, nothing to worry about. But most people don't know God. They don't take the time. My friends, you've heard me say this millions of times. Okay, I'm exaggerating. Hundreds of times, maybe thousands. There's only one way to know God, and that's by making sure that you are engaged in prayer and in study of the Word, reading the Word of God. That's the only way. It's called communication. Has anybody heard of that? We do it all the time. We're, we're, we're communication fanatics. We communicate by telephone, we text each other, we email each other. In fact, we can't, we can't get enough of that, can we? Well, my friends, this is exactly what God wants. You see, it's, it's in the heart of all people. We want to communicate, we want to connect with others. And so God is calling us to connect with Him. And there's a way to do it. He's given us His Word, and that's God speaking to us, and prayer is an opportunity for you to speak to God. Plain and simple as that. And you've got to do it, and you've got to do it every day. You show me somebody who's not praying and reading their Bible every day. And I'm not talking about spending three hours at it. I'm talking about 10, 15 minutes every day communicating with the Father. And I'll show you somebody 
who's on fire and got joy in their lives. You show me a Christian who's down and depressed and feeling out of it, feeling like, man, it's just not worth going on. It's such a drag. I'll show you somebody who hasn't prayed or read their Bible for a while. Plain and simple as that. It's that plain and that simple. My friends, if you've got a lack of peace or contentment in your life, then that's, those are red flags saying, hello, God wants you to get back into a right relationship with him. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You know, Gloria and I um, started going out just before I went to the mission field as a, uh, I was going to say as a nurse. I didn't go to the mission field as a nurse. Gloria did. I, I went as a missionary to, to Greece, and Gloria went as a missionary to the Northwest Territories. And we weren't engaged yet, and we're just waiting, we're just sort of waiting for, for that magic moment when you know this is it. And uh, you'd say, well, how on earth? How on earth could you get to know each other when you're so far apart? Well, my friends, it's uh, letters and uh, telephone. And I'm telling you, I have never written so many letters. I didn't own a computer. There was no email way back then in the olden days. <laughs> we had to write letters by hand. How many remember those days, longhand? Yeah. I wrote many letters, still have them. And look at them and say, Wow. We got to know each other that way. And we phoned each other. And our phone bills, oh, I said this morning that the money we spent on, on phone bills could fund a small nation. <laughs> it was literally thousands of dollars. And someone said, well, that's such a waste. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was the best money I ever spent. Because it's how we got to know each other. It's how we connected. I'm going to tell you, my friends. If you're lacking joy in your life, and you're lacking that peace and that happiness, that contentment that you used to have at one time, then you need to fall in love with Jesus all over again. You need to get to know God again. You need to give God an opportunity to talk to your heart. And you know what? He's just waiting to talk to you. All you have, it's so easy. Listen to this. Listen, listen, listen. It's so simple. Pick up your Bible, turn to the New Testament, and start to read and say, God, speak to my heart, and he will speak to you. He will tell you things that are just exactly for you. And then talk to him and tell him what's on your heart. Can I tell you this, this morning? Gloria and I have been married now for 19 years. And guess what? You're not going to believe this. This is going to be really shocking for everybody here. Are you ready for this? You're not going to believe it. 19 years. And we, we still communicate. That's what I say. <laughs> we still communicate. She still talks to me, and I still talk to her. And you know what? There's, if we get the chance to get together to talk, oh, man. Wow. And I said to Gloria the day, I can't believe that when I married you 19 years ago that I loved you. Because I think now... How much I love you now compared to then. It's like, I didn't even hardly know you. I, would, I didn't even love you compared to how much I love you now. My friends, this is what God wants for you. It's not just for the pastor. Someone said, you know, the pastor, you're paid to be good and we're good for nothing. <laughs> no, this is not it. This is something for all of us. God wants you to enjoy that kind of rich relationship with him. And I'm going to guarantee you this. Are you ready for this? You have that kind of a rich relationship with God. 
And you will have new joy in your heart, new peace, new happiness, a new purpose. You'll want to get from the, you'll, you'll want to get to your Bible and devour it. You will not be able to get enough of it. Because that's what God wants to do for you. Spiritual health. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, which is your whole being, and with all your mind. And then you'll be healthy. Would you bow your heads with me, please? God, some of us would just freely admit right now that we're, we're not spiritually healthy at all. God, we, we would freely admit that you're not number one in our lives right now. And God, we want to get our passion back. We want to get, our, get excited about you once again. Help us to recognize, Lord, you're just waiting, waiting for us to return. God, we believe the lie that life is all about me, all about getting what I want, doing what I want. But God, you show us clearly in your word that it's all about, in fact, serving you, giving our lives away. And so we want to do that, God. Lord, this morning, some of us, it's been a while since we've done devotions. It's been a while since we prayed and read the word. And you're calling us back. Because we want to get rid of that emptiness. We want to get rid of that, that lack of peace and that lack of joy. We want to get rid of those fears. We want to, be, we want to have that deep, set, deep, deep sense of peace in our hearts, that contentment, the joy, the calm. So we go to bed at night, we know everything's okay. So we get up in the morning, we want to get up in the morning. God, so that we love the people in our lives. God, help us to recognize today that true health comes from being fully surrendered to you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. This morning, I'm going to invite you, if some of you say, you know, Pastor, I want what, you've, what you're talking about. I want you to feel free to come and talk to me. Email me. Uh, write me a letter if you want to. Phone me. Get in touch with me, and I want to show you how. You can get that peace in your heart, that joy. Get your life right with God. That's, uh, that's my greatest, be my greatest joy. Let's stand together and sing, shall we?